third chapter, and you're going to find out, you know, so often when I'm done preaching, folks will come up and say, well, it seems like you've been following me around all day or all week sometimes, and uh, it's kind of how I feel right now with your testimonies. Hallelujah. God, God's working throughout this service, and I thank God for it. Hallelujah. That's the way it ought to be. God ought to be working in you and working through you. I like what Brother Chris was saying. It is God's will, and it is the only way we can really just be healthy and strong as a church when God fills you up and starts working through you to strengthen and help. Amen. Not some different version of what we're preaching, all in one mind and one accord. Amen. Building this up together. Amen. I appreciate my brothers and sisters loving God and just wanting to be a blessing and a help. God bless you for your faithfulness. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for just what we've already felt in this service tonight, God. And Lord, I pray that your anointing would just destroy every yoke of the enemy, God. Lord, destroy every bit of confusion and doubt and fear. And God, fill us. Fill us, Lord, full of your spirit, full of you, God. We love you. We praise you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Ephesians 3, verse 16. says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Amen. God wants to fill you up and strengthen you day by day. Down inside where it really matters. That's where you need your strength. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That ye may be rooted and grounded in love. Thank God for some people that are planted in the house of God. That you're serious about this. You don't have a whole lot of time with these folks. That, well, I don't think I'll be lost if I don't. You want to be rooted and grounded in teaching and, and, and helping and blessing. Not pulled up and replanted, pulled up and replanted, but solid, rooted in the will of God. May be able to comprehend with all saints. I believe I read that today and thought, you know, I don't think there's some things you can understand without the body of Christ together. You say, what is that? Well, to know how big he is, we need one another. Amen. You'll see God working in your life. But when we start coming together in, in unity, God just shows how great he really is. May be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and depth and height. And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. That ye might be filled. Somebody say filled. Be filled with all the fullness of God. I want everything He's got. I want to be filled with all of His fullness. Amen. I don't want to lack in any good gift. Now unto Him that is able, listen to this, able to do what? Exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. That's a great big God. According to the power that worketh in us, unto Him be glory. In the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. What a rich portion of Scripture. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to be filled up. I want to be filled with all the fullness. Amen. 
I don't want anything that God has for me to be sitting on the shelf. Are you hearing me tonight? If God's got it, I want it. If God desires me to have it, I want I want to have it. Amen. Don't think that you're being a, a Christian. Don't think it's a, a quality. Well, I don't really want to take too much from God. If God's given it to you, it would be a slight. It would be an offense not to take everything he's got for you. He's paid the price with his own blood. It provoked him to anger when the children of God said, we'll be okay in this wilderness. We don't need to go into the promised land. And God's got gifts for his church. God's got blessings. God's got power for his church. And we ought to be seeking it. We ought to desire. We ought not to be complacent or satisfied. We ought to be seeking everything God has for us. Every now and then, I hear people talk about all the different religions that are in the world. And, and, um, and they will say, well, if you really look at them, basically they're all the same. I mean, except for killing all those infidels, maybe, or reincarnation. And that's with some unbelief. Amen. I'm not, I had a very kind woman at a shopping mall. Her and her husband uh, had a little perfume store. And they, uh, I used to go in there and buy some things for my daughters. And we'd say hello to them. And, and uh, one day, uh, the woman asked me about being a pastor. And she said they were Muslim. She's a very kind woman. And she said, would it bother you if I gave you a, a, a Koran? And I was just trying to be kind. I said, I'll take it. Sure, it's an English version of it. And I, and I paged through that thing. I didn't keep it. But I paged through it. And, and a great big portion of it was, was uh, uh, head, the heading on it was jihad. That's killing infidels. That's killing the unbelievers. I know a lot of people want to say it's a religion of peace. But I, I looked in their book. And there's a big old hunk of it. All about waging war against the infidels. But, you know, a lot of people say, well, every religion, we're all just doing the same thing. And if you break it all down, you know, there's kind of versions of the golden rule, versions of trying to be good to your neighbor, versions of that. Can I tell you something? You know, being a decent human being ought to just be a common sense in a lot of ways. That doesn't make Christianity or loving Jesus on the same level as every other world religion. But in fact, even though there are in many of the religions this idea of trying to be a better person, when you look at being a Christian, you've heard me say this before, the major difference of following Jesus and the Word of God is that no other religion has is when you start reading how we ought to be better and we ought to be our, our brother's keeper and we ought to love our enemy and we start reading these things, what it drives us to is the recognition that we've got the law of sin and death working in our members. That we need a Savior. Muhammad was not a Savior. Buddha was not a Savior. Krishna was not a Savior. Jesus came to pay the price for sin that we could be forgiven and cleansed and that His Spirit could dwell within us so that we could be righteous. Amen. This idea that that uh, I don't believe it even for the Bible. Listen to me now. People say, well, what about the, the sincere Jews? And what about the sincere Muslims? And what about the sincere Hindus? And, and on and on. What about all those? Hey, you, you can be reading your Bible and trying your best to follow its precepts and its commandments. I know there's a lot of people who say, well, I try my best. 
Maybe you got somebody in your family. Maybe you've met somebody uh, somewhere along the line. Say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. What does that mean to you? I do my best to follow the Ten Commandments. Those commandments were given to show you that you needed a Savior. Jesus came along and said, do you hate, do you ever, do you ever get angry with your brother without a real cause? You committed murder in your heart. You're guilty. You ever look with lust? You've committed adultery in your heart. Amen. Have you ever used the name of the Lord in vain? You blasphemed. Over and over. That's the commandment. Show us you're a sinner. You need a Savior. So even with the commandments, even with the Bible, say, what about a sincere uh, Jewish man or woman? What, a, what about a sincere Hindu or Buddhist or, or, or many, many others we could name? What about these people if they're sincerely following? Salvation means that we need to be born again. Jesus didn't come and say, hey, you follow that and you do that. He came and said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Because we can't do it in our sinful ways. Amen. We need Him. We cannot live a Christian, a godly, a holy life. Amen. I've had people, dear friends, come to me and say they were, were looking into the pages of, uh, of Islam and studying on being Muslim. And I said, uh, you're going to stand before God and say I'm holy because you, you don't eat pork anymore? What about the rest of your life? What about the sin in your life? Amen. Is there still sin in your life? Oh, I'm, I'm not going to eat this anymore and I'm not going to uh, partake of certain things anymore. Is there sin in your heart? Because Jesus came. Because God's holiness won't let you into his heaven just because you're trying your best. But you still, the Bible says, we are, are, even our righteousness is as filthy rags. To be in the presence of a holy God, we need the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross to wash away our sins. Amen. Brother was talking tonight, like I said, like these men were following us around this today looking into the Word of God, but even in Christianity, even in those that profess to be, be believers, can I tell you, there is so much in understanding. One of the, one of the uh, most uh, well-known classic pieces of, uh, of Christian literature is called The Imitation of Christ. But here recently, I was thinking today about a book I had seen and I've heard people teaching on it. And it was something that was really going around a lot of the churches. In fact, um, um, they were doing Bible studies on it and things. And, and, and it was talking about how we need to not just be a follower of Jesus. We need to be a fan. We need to be like a fanatic. We need to just like somebody that's got season tickets to their favorite ball game and or their favorite team rather, and they're just interested in following, not just following them, but they're excited about that. And it was a big thing going around. But can I tell you something about being a child of God? No matter how hard you try to follow the teachings of Jesus, we're weak. And there's this idea that has really overtaken a lot of 
a lot of people, uh, well, a lot of churches and a lot of teaching that is, well, that's where mercy comes in. That's where grace comes in. We are all, you know, many of the denominations, some of their uh, greatest uh, so-called preachers uh, that they revere very highly will say things like, well, we all are just just sinners saved by grace. And we, we sin every day, a thousand times a day in word, thought, and deed. And that's why we have to just just thank God for his mercy and his grace. This Bible tells us that he is a holy God. The New Testament tells us, I am holy, be ye holy. But as much as I can say, hey, Muhammad didn't die for your sins to change your heart and your life. Buddha never paid a price for you to be converted. You can't be born again by calling on Krishna. Can I tell you, through Jesus Christ, we can not only be forgiven, we can be filled with His Spirit. Jesus told them in Acts the first chapter, verse 8, Ye shall receive power. Hallelujah. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He went back and pointed to the teachings of John and how, hey, I baptize you with water, but there's one coming after me who's mightier than me who's going to baptize you. He's going to soak you. He's going to immerse you in the power of the Holy Ghost. It saddens me. Along with my brother here who's talking about working in the church, Brother Chris talking about just so many people just... just following the traditions, follow, trying their best to do what their best. But, but what about what Jesus said? You must be born again. He said, you got to be born. Read it there in John 3. You must be born of the water and of the Spirit. Amen. Well, I believe Jesus said, be born of the water and of the Spirit. But I'm a member of a church for all my life. Be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Amen. You must be born again. Amen. He stood up on the last day of the feast, John 7, said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me. I'll give you rivers of living water. This he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given. He kept pointing to that day. Amen. Even when the disciples, they're still there. They hung on to the very end. And he said, you go and wait, tarry in the city of Jerusalem, that you may be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. you got to be more than a follower. you got to be more than an imitator. I want to remind somebody here in this church. I'm not here talking just uh, talking to, to about churches out there. I'm going to talk to you and tell you you know this, but sometimes you get weary. Sometimes you're trying and failing and wondering where's my strength. God, I want to do better. God, I don't know why I keep failing. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with His power. That renewing that he t- they talked about, that being strengthened in the inner man, that's through His power. That's through His Spirit. There's so many times. Hey, you're in church today and you're weak, you're struggling. I've had people come to me already and it's a shame. It's it's not. Some days it's just not that fun, to be honest with you. Because people start to struggle and they start to, to fight. And, and whether you want to admit it or not, our flesh, our carnal nature, when it starts getting strong, we start... Start getting nasty. <laughs> Amen. And I've seen good folks already start, you know, 
They're not, they're not filled up like they need to be. They've kind of let some things slip. Amen. Bible tells us don't let it slip. That's what the Bible says. We, they, they're starting to kind of spend a whole lot more time on other things, a whole lot less time on the things of God. You start feeding your flesh and starving your spirit. Don't be surprised when your flesh gets stronger than your spirit. Amen. Sure. So, oh, I've got some questions and I, I've got some problems. And, I, and you can tell already that contention is there. Say, so how about if we, we don't talk about it? How about if, if you go pray and get filled up with the power of God like you know you need to? People don't like that. People get angry. What kind of pastor are you if you won't answer Bible questions? Well, well, the kind of pastor that understands that it's not that question that's the problem. The question only came up because your flesh is so strong and you need to get back to the altar and get filled with the Spirit. Amen. Everybody needs to understand that. You allow yourself to get that too far away from the fire, you're going to start getting cold. Amen. You're going to start... start bringing that flesh is going to get stronger in you and that old nature of you you're going to start acting like that old one that you you cried out in an altar and said i don't want to be this person i hate this person that i am i need you god the only difference now is you're walking in his spirit look what it says in romans the eighth chapter i've seen folks doing so well so excited about god so excited about what God's doing in their life and slip away, starts missing church, missing the power of God, missing praying in the spirit, getting renewed in the spirit. And now they're saying, I never had strength. I never was doing it was always so bad. I was like, no, no, no. You just need to get back to where you were. That's that flesh talking. Amen. That's a devil lying to you. Praise God. Stand up and tell everybody, this is the greatest life God's ever given me. I can't believe I'm so blessed to be a part of it. And then act like, ah, there ain't nothing to it. Hey, you haven't been praying like you ought to pray. Your flesh has gotten gotten strong and your spirit's gotten weak. Get that renewing. Sometimes folks want to argue about the Word of God. But you know what? Look what it says in Romans 8. And this is just a small part of a of a bigger context. But verse 7 in Romans 8 says, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. It doesn't matter how righteous of an attitude you put forth. It's God's Spirit in you that makes the righteousness. Bible says man verily, truly man in his best state. It's altogether vanity. It's God's spirit in us that makes a difference. You can go your way and do good on your good days and stumble on your bad days and, and go through the motions and tell everybody, well, everybody fights being depressed and everybody fights all this anger and everybody's got these weaknesses and all that. Or you can live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, and crucify the lust of the flesh. There's a difference in that. Well, praise God. In church, coming to this church, hearing this teaching... Amen. You come to a place and you say, well, I feel conviction. I feel like he's preaching something that I that I'm not living or I'm. Hey, God will fill you. 
God will renew you. God will give you the strength. You don't have to do it alone. You don't have to try your best. Your best isn't what it takes to be saved. It's Calvary. It's the blood. It's the power of His Spirit dwelling in you. Galatians 5. And this whole chapter really is just really hand in hand with Romans 8. Talking about the comparing and contrasting of the Spirit and the flesh. God's work versus our work. I want to read this. Hallelujah. It says the verse uh, 22, Galatians 5, talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. For they that are Christ, listen to this, have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Hallelujah. All kind of sermons, all kind of books, all kind of teaching about trying to love people and how to, how to do it better. I'll tell you how to do it. Be filled with the Spirit. Love is a fruit of His Spirit. What does that mean? It, love is the character and nature of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I don't need to work at it. I need to be filled. Amen. My joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is what? Your strength. Amen. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That joy will stay with you in the valley. That joy will stay with you in the battle. Amen. Because that joy is not you doing your best. And when the battle gets too tough, then your joy is defeated. No. Nothing can defeat the Jesus. And Christ in you, the hope of glory, that's His joy. That's His joy in you. Get renewed in the Holy Ghost. Peace. Hallelujah. When the peace of God is not reigning in your heart, when you start feeling anxiety and worry and fear, you need to come into the presence of God again. Let Him fill you up. Starting to get impatient? Hello? Oh, I know. You were trying to see. You would hope and I would stop at love, joy, peace like we usually do. Amen. Well, I'm patient when everything's going well, but when it gets tough, that's what patience is for. See, you could do good on good days before you knew Jesus. Amen. I remember getting into a conversation. Man, I think about him occasionally. A real nice guy I used to work by. Um, and uh, we were kind of talking about some things. I, don't, I think he, he ended up being... Um, quite the skeptic, if not an atheist. And, and, uh, and I remember telling him one day, I said, you know, the first day I met you at first, I said, you were just so, uh, so kind and, and, and just had such a, and we had the ability to talk like this. I said, I really thought maybe you might be a Christian the first, you know, little while I met you. Now I know better. <laughs> and, uh, and when I said, I didn't say now I know better, but I said, I really thought you might've been a Christian. And, and, and he laughed and cursed and said, no, uh, and, uh, you know, you can, you can be a good friend to people who are friendly. Sure. Even the world knows how to do that. The Bible talks about, amen. But it takes God to have you to rise above, to do something supernatural above your natural. Some of you 
the best day, well, even when you're going through a rough, maybe your personality might be more patient than what mine was. I don't know. But now with Jesus in you, it goes above and beyond what you were able to do before that. And when you feel like you're weak, you know where your strength lies. Whether it's patience or, or, or faith or humility or self-control, you need to, God's Spirit in you. We are more than imitators. We are more than just a fan. Amen. We're more than just, just trying our best to follow Jesus' commands. Amen. Hallelujah. We are filled with His Spirit. Amen. And every time you read something in the Bible and you say, hey, you know what? I'm looking in this as a mirror and I'm seeing myself and I'm not measuring up to that. I go to an altar. I find a place of prayer on my, on my knees and say, God, fill me with more of your power. Amen. In all of my life. Filled. Somebody say filled. All of my life. Not just some of it. Amen. Not just how you act around Christians. You're filled up. Amen. When you're on your job, you're not ashamed of Jesus. Hey, like the brother said, we're not cramming it down anybody's throat, but we're not ashamed. Amen. We're not being rude and obnoxious in any way. We love people. We're trying to be patient with people. But, but we're not uh, hiding our light under a bushel. No. I'm going to let it shine. Amen. We gotta. No matter where you are, with your family, with on your job, out in, the, in, in your on your neighborhood, wherever you might be, letting your light shine, bearing the good fruit all the time. Not when it's just easy. Not when it's just convenient. Too many people I know. I'm talking to some of you. You're saying, "Oh, I know. I, 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 that's that's horrible. I would never." try to be up but so many people try to just say yes it's serious and it's real and i love him but not in this part of my life or not in this battle that i'm fighting sometimes following jesus is going to bring a a persecution it's going to bring a reproach sometimes no matter how kind you are no matter how loving you are people well jesus was all that and they crucified him but we've got to be filled with His Spirit all the time in all of our lives. Galatians, backing up a little bit here, I want to show you something. What it really means, one of the things that it means to be filled with the Spirit. Galatians 5, verse 19 says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. I, uh, it, it really does bother me so much when there are so many and I know some of us know people that will stand look you in the eye and say I'm just as close to God as I've ever been or I'm every bit of Christian as you are and you look at such scriptures like this and you say how what do you, what do you do with this because the bible says this is our flesh and it says adultery fornication Uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, 
drunkenness, revelings, and such like. I'll say it again. A lot of times, God knows just what we're like, and He knows we like to look for the loophole. Something to say, well, it's not really this. But He already just said, well, if it's like that, I'm not really drunk. (laughs) Well, praise God. If it's like that, look what it says, I tell you, which I tell you before. As I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That's what the Bible says. Amen. I don't know if this is really, if it's like those things. Listen, sin, Jesus came to give you something better than all these. He came to fill you up and fulfill you and satisfy you that you don't have to lean on sin. You don't have to revert to sin. That God gave you something better. And if you stumble, and if you make a mistake, you're not willing to justify that. Amen? You're not willing to say, hey, wait a minute, nobody's perfect. Hey, why don't you go ahead and just give give that to God and, and let Him fill you with what is righteous. See, one of the things about being a child of God and being filled, one of the things His Spirit does is it will start cleaning you. The Bible word is sanctification. He'll start making you holy. He'll start burning in you. The fire. Going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. That fire is a purifying fire. That fire is a refining fire. It'll burn down inside of you and take all the, the things that, that whatever has hurt you, whatever has, has, has been broken in you, whatever has, and God will start working in you to refine you and purify you like gold. Bible says you do these things. And this is one of many. We talk about lists throughout the almost every one of Paul's writings uh, throughout the New Testament. And even into the book of Revelation, you'll see just lists of sin. And says, hey, don't, don't be deceived. Don't kid yourself. This is what God makes God angry, one of them says in Ephesians. This is, the, this is the reason God's wrath is, is on the world, because of these things. Don't let it be mentioned among you. They which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. 2 Corinthians 7. I think we either quoted this or read this recently, but I want to look at it again for a short period of time here tonight. God's Spirit will purify you. See, while many, many people are acting like, well, you know, nobody's perfect, everybody sins, there's, there's those of us that have the understanding of the Word that realize sin is, is not my friend. Sin's not helping me. Sin's not blessing me. Something's wrong if you think somehow you're getting away with something. No, that's a burden. That's bondage. God's will is what sets us free. God's will is what gives us joy and peace. When you start allowing God to fill your life and every part of your life, and you start moving in, in, in sync with the Spirit of God and following Him and letting Him work in your life, Jesus said, you're free indeed. Amen. 
says in Second Corinthians 7, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. Cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. What part of your life does not come under his lordship? What part, what decision that you make day by day does not need to be submitted to him? If he is your king, your God, your savior, your friend. What part of your life don't you trust him with? That he says, you know what? I've got something better for you. I've got something that, that, uh, that doesn't carry chains. It doesn't, isn't bondage, but it's liberty. The Bible tells us, tells the church to perfect, to cleanse ourselves from all filthiness. To look at our lives and say, okay, God, I want to I live closer to you. But I don't have the strength in myself. I don't have the ability to do what I need to do. I want to be filled. I want to I uh, walk with you. I want to be fully surrendered to you. But I need your spirit in me to accomplish that. We will fail if we look at ourselves and say, well, I wish uh, I'm going to try to try to do better like them. I'm going to try to have what they have. I'll, well, t- tell you what you need to do is get it where they got it. Get the Spirit of God in you. Amen. I know it is our tendency to, to drift. It's our tendency sometimes to, to lose the focus, the fire that we need to have. And in that we still want to do right. We still don't want to fall back. We don't want to sin. But we got to recognize and remember where we started in the Spirit. Amen? We're not going to be perfected in our flesh. We're not going to finish this race in our strength and our best. Keep going back to Him. Keep going back to that infilling. Keep going back to that fire. Keep going back to that power. Because that's where we perfect holiness in the fear of the Lord. We cannot do it ourselves. We cannot attain a level of, uh, of purity, of holiness, of cleansing ourselves in our own ways. Our works are those filthy rags still. But when we submit that to God and say, give me the strength today. God, you help me to pray like I need to pray. God, you help me to, to deal with my, my co-workers and my, my neighbors or my family the way I need to. Amen? You give me the wisdom. You give me the boldness to speak and say the words I ought to say. You give me the strength to know when I need to just bite my lip, amen, and smile and just be kind. You let me shine a light when things get difficult. You let me know when I need to just walk away. But, God, I need your strength to do it. What I fear and what I see often, and I think it really falls in line with what we talk about so often about the Sabbath and about laboring, it says in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, to enter into that rest, is what happens is we can start to get in routines where we're, we're living this on our own strength and God not getting renewed in His Spirit. We know what's right, and, and if we are doing what's right on our strength, it's going to end up being self-righteous and proud and arrogant and obnoxious to people around us rather than just God's glory shining through us. 
When you start living a life that's holy, that's lined up with the Word of God, but it's not His Spirit in you, it'll be judgmental. It'll find fault in everybody rather than be blessed to try to help somebody get better. Amen. We need to be filled with His Spirit, church. I know some of you are saying, oh, I want it, I need more of it. I, but each one of us needs to examine our lives and, and, and recognize that's, that's, that's the fire, that's the strength, that's the, that's the holiness, that's, that's the power. Jesus said it, where was it, in, in, uh, in John, I believe, 13 or 14, He said, I'm with you, but I'll be in you. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I will come to you. It's His Spirit, and it's going to be His nature, His character, strengthening us to live the life for Him. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Sister Abby, if you'd come play something for us. and God's so good. Everything you need is in Him. We're more than imitators. We're more than just followers but we're filled filled with his power filled with his presence that's what makes the difference it's not the traditions it's the power it's not our best looking at other people trying to be better than them no it's the power of God in us And that power will bring joy and peace. It will bring the nature of Christ into our lives. Come on, let's find a place to pray. Be filled. Be filled with His Spirit. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You just seek Him. Wait on Him. Finding more power than I've ever dreamed. Learning to lean on Jesus. Learning to lean. He's your strength. Are you weary today? burdens around you don't need to carry I tell you where you where your strength is it's in him lean on him lean on him
lives to just go our way. Sing the songs. Go through the motions. But not really be filled with His power. Lord, in Jesus' name, help us. Help us, Lord, to just let go of everything else. And yield to You, God. Fill us so full of Your power. Fill us more and more, God, and cleanse our lives. Sanctify us, Lord. Make us make us everything we need to be, Lord. in this world, Lord, seeking you, God. Let them see, Lord, the the difference that's in your power. Let them see, Lord, Lord God, the light shining through your people. In Jesus' name, let's all stand. God, thank you. Thank you for your presence here tonight, Lord. Thank you for your help, God. Thank you, Lord, that you've made it possible in ourselves. We're so weak in ourselves. We can't, but Lord, through you, We know it is finished, God. We trust you. Fill us, Lord. Fill us so full of your power. Lord, we give you all the praise, Lord. Now just go with us. I pray keep us safe as we travel, Lord. God, work through each and every one of us throughout the remainder of this week. Lord, we ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you, church.